0: Welcome to Counter Stories, a show by people of color, for people of color, and everyone else. I'm Hui Lee, owner of the Other Media Group, and I'm also the producer of Counter Stories and a graduate of the 360 journalism program out of the University of St. Thomas. 360 provides journalism training to high school students, and they've long been focused on bringing these trainings to youth of color. Each year, they award a senior in high school with a full-ride scholarship to the University of St. Thomas to study journalism. I was one of the lucky recipients. To celebrate 360's 20th anniversary earlier this month, I was fortunate enough to moderate a panel of five amazing young program graduates. Today, I present you with part of that conversation with our panelists, Evan Odegaard, Amalak Singh, Victoria Tercios Lapara, Favin Gaurascahar, and Aliyah Denley.
1: My name is Evan Odegaard. I'm a high school senior right now at Nova Classical Academy in St. Paul.
2: My name is Amalak Singh. Um, I did finish 360 in 2014. I guess I work in data analytics, so a little bit different, but um, yeah, I definitely had a great time at 360.
3: Hi there. My name is Victoria Tercios Lapara, and I graduated from the 360 program in 2013. Um, I went to Washburn High School when I was in the program. Um, the work that you saw of mine on the presentation was the graphic design. So, um, I am currently a Target digital designer. Um, definitely not the regular, you know, journalist
4: uh, path, but 360 helped me a lot. Yeah, my name is Faevan Garazghad. I am currently a freelance journalist um, and part of the Racial Reckoning Project. Um, And so that piece was actually our last one um, for the year with the Kim Potter, the verdict in the Kim Potter trial. Um, And yeah, that project uh, started at the beginning of 2021 to cover um, the trial of Derek Chauvin and the other officers um, and was really looking at Minnesota after the uprising, looking at what has changed, what hasn't um what opportunities came out of it and really prioritizing community voices uh, yeah many of us were from 360 and it was a really great way for young journalists to get into the loop but also to start looking at how do we report on our communities in a different way in this really pivotal time hi everyone i'm alia um the radio show that i do with my
5: co-host my dad um uh, it's on KRSM Radio, and my show is called The Fly Subject. So basically on there, we interview local artists, um, sports players, basically anyone in the entertainment industry in the Twin Cities that's just doing something positive and fun. I'm a photographer as well. Um, I like doing uh, a lot of artists, um, basically kind of like photojournalism. So
0: yeah. Let me ask you guys how you guys found yourselves in 360. I mean, We all took very different paths. I'll share, I was in the first, it used to be called Urban Journalism Workshop, and it was just two weeks over the summer, and I was in the first year, 2001, and came back in 2002, so I'm the oldest alum here, oldest alum possible, I think, to (laughs) 2001. (laughs) Um, And I came because, um, you know, my mom always told me that I talked too much and I asked too many questions, and I didn't know what I could do with that. And at the time, I had met um, a reporter with WCCO named Caroline Lowe, who was really telling me, like, I should pursue journalism because I do ask people too many questions all the time. And that's how I kind of came to 360 and found my way into what I do now as as far as storytelling goes. So how did you guys find your way to 360?
1: I can start. Um, My first 360 experience was in 2019. I did the Summer News Reporter Academy. Uh, Before starting 360, I didn't know too much about journalism. Um, It seemed interesting, so I uh, decided to go for this new thing, and I absolutely loved it. That first program that I did, I got to interview Suni Lee, and that was before the Olympics. So before she was a big name in Minnesota, Um, seeing her story evolve since the camp and since being able to interview her and publish an article on her has been crazy, Um, and Since then, I've participated in, I don't even know how many, 360 programs, but basically these past three years, almost everything they've offered, school year programs, online programs during COVID, um, it's been a really great journey.
2: Yeah. My dad made me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I remember not being super excited about sitting in a classroom, um, over the course of like summer break, but, um, and the first you know, few days were rough. Uh, I remember they sent us out to like interview a random person on campus. They like, I remember I, Dimon and Teresa were my camp counselors that year. Um, but that was our task. And I like, tr- I was like pretty shy back then. So I would like go up to somebody and then back off and not, not ask them anything. And then eventually I got myself to do it. But, you know, after that, um, It went very well. I learned a lot. Um, I met very cool people, Justice, like Alan Page, um, Simone Augustus, um, some very big names. So, um, yeah, very, very good experience.
3: I um, started the program in 2009, so a decade before Evan, which is wild, you guys, wild. I was Um, a decade before you, so okay, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Um, So my sister actually got me into this program. She's not here tonight. Uh, But she's also an alumni from the program and she loved it. And I wasn't sold on it. I wasn't sold. I was like, I I enjoy writing, but I don't know that journalism was for me. And Linda McDonald was the director at the time of the program. And I loved photography at the time. They did, um, you know, Tommy Media, but I was like, I don't do video. I really enjoy photography though. And they really let me choose my own path within the program. They gave me... The freedom to tell my story, take photos. I think a lot of you in the crowd right now probably remember giving me a little bit of like a speech of like, you have a camera. I would photograph these fundraising events for a couple of years. And they're like, you have a camera. You have the right to go wherever you want, get in front of anyone's face and like take advantage of that. Um, This program helped me, you know, growing up as an illegal immigrant in this country, find my voice and the power in that. And thankfully, my situation has changed since then, but I'm a very inquisitive individual. And I don't think that the power that comes with my voice now would have happened had I not been a part of this program.
4: I can't remember what drew like what were the actual steps that got me there, um, but I attended a 2011 um, intermediate journalism camp Um I remember that like most summers I was just babysitting. There's a pretty huge age gap between me and my siblings. Um, and so that year I was like, I want to do something in the summer. And I saw this opportunity. Um, and I think I had applied for the intro one first, but Linda had also reached out to me and was like, I think you should um, be in the intermediate program. And so she definitely pushed me to do that. It might've also been because the intro camp was full, um, <laughs> but I was I was still flattered. Um, and yeah that was really awesome and just like hearing people chat tonight about like their first um things and kind of all the random little memories that came with that um my roommate during that camp is still one of my closest friends um i also remember like my mom hugging me right before because she was like not gonna see me for two weeks and i was like she doesn't hug me so that (laughs) i was like this is this is crazy so 360 did that for me
0: I, I know what you mean I was telling the story earlier I, I came back in 2002 after my first year and a week in I think there was a lot of us Asian girls that year and we were missing Asian food because we were stuck on campus for two weeks and we were you know we were like we didn't have a car we didn't know how to drive so I called my dad and I told said, dad I, I really miss having Asian food and he came with two big bags full of food and I have a still photograph I should have scanned it of all of us just kind of descending on this food. And I remember, too, he gave me a hug before he left, and it was, like, super awkward because you're like, uh, uh. You know, it's like, it's just, in some communities, that's not what you do, and it it really gave that opportunity. I think that was, like, the first time my dad and I ever hugged, too. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's really, it's like, yeah, small moments like that, so it was a little interruption. Um, But, yeah, that was the kind of primary, like, formal part of being in the program, but I stayed in contact with, um, 360 leadership or I should say they stayed in contact with me cause they'd reach out. They're like, are you going to volunteer? Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you doing? Um, and so it's really awesome to see that Teresa and Damon are back cause they were our program leaders at the time or like are just our mentors. Um, and they were all, or Teresa was also the person who helped connect me to my first journalism job. Um, I think uh at the end of 2020, it just was like, hey, there's an opportunity with this new project that's coming out. Um, and so that's also cool to kind of see how even though I went to school for something different, 360 was like um a way to come back to uh what I was doing. That's cool. <laughs> um,
5: so I was actually um doing a summer job for Appetite for Change, which was like very different. We did a lot of food advocacy. think that's the word and um I did express to them like that I did have an interest in journalism um and I kind of was like very stern with that in the program and they knew that was kind of like not the same fit so um my supervisor she actually she actually connected me and then I loved it ever since the program I love that it was very hands-on like we got to work right away we got to interviewing people and that's like something that I've always been interested in so I kind of felt like this was, like, a perfect place for me to be.
0: So um, tonight's theme is Emerging Voices, and th- that's all of you guys. So, I mean, wh- what do you guys think of when you hear that term, Emerging Voices? Have you found your voice? Have you not found your voice?
5: Um. Well, I think for me, especially, like, being a black female, like, in this industry, it's really important because I don't um, see too many of that. I saw Georgia Fort here, and I kind of got Whoa. um but I just think it's super cool um just to see people that like look like me talk like me have their hair like me you know because sometimes like me showing up in certain rooms it's not like represented as my true self um so I kind of that's why I kind of want to be in this industry just for like other little girls that they could look up to me and you know want to do the same thing that I do. Yes. I feel like I've
3: 360 was a key part of me finding my voice. I'm a five foot one Latino woman with a lot of questions and a lot of opinions. Um, And as a creative, as a graphic designer, um, you know, we, my work gets questioned a lot. You know, I need to back up the work that I do. I need to assure people, my clients of what I'm doing for them and what I'm bringing to the table. And, I feel like I if I hadn't gone through the things that I've gone through in my life, 360 being one of those programs, I wouldn't have the voice that I do today to be able to have those kinds of hard conversations with people. Um and also being in rooms where you're probably the only person who looks like you. Like that yeah. So it it kind of gets easier, I think. I think it does. Yeah. yeah. I think that over the years, I graduated in 2020 amidst the hot mess express of the pandemic. So, um my rooms right now have been all digital and so i feel like that'll be a growth moment
0: once i get to be in actual rooms with more people um but you gotta adapt so i'd say like every three years i'm like oh i finally found my voice and then like another three years i'm like no wait this is my voice <laughs> oh wait no this is my voice. i can connect with that so you guys might feel like that in three years as your elder i will tell you that
1: yeah so one of my favorite parts of three sixty has been being in a room with so many different people from different backgrounds and different perspectives and learning the the same skills and the same uh, material and then seeing how everyone applies it differently. You know we all have the experiences that we bring into it, and then we all apply those to a set of stories that usually the stories that we get are from communities that maybe we don't have that much experience in and being able to apply the skills that we all learn uh, in so many different ways and seeing how everyone expresses their voice in a different way has been really
2: valuable for me. I guess I would say there's like a there's a certain eloquence in like communicating some serious topic in less than like 500 words Um, and you know whether it's something like in the community or politics or whatever, sports even. Um, and I think I've kind of, that was kind of the big thing that I kind of learned was like, you know, there's lots of things to write about and you, we, boiling down a 45-minute interview to a few quotes, that's like kind of a, that's a very unique thing um, that maybe you don't do in other places. So, and, and that's kind of what I think of when kind of being more eloquent about your voice.
0: So we're all, we all kind of took different paths. We're all kind of doing different things. It's great though. We all still, I think, I feel like we all still use, you know, all the things that we learned from 360 and the work that we do today, not only in our job titles, right, but also in the work that we do within our communities. Would you guys agree with that? How does that incorporate into the work you guys are doing now? On my
3: end, I feel like in regards to like finding my own voice, I feel like I feel more empowered to be able to create a space where I can bring others other BIPOC individuals like me into a room to have their own voices be heard. Um, I've felt more empowered to mentor other students. I've had the chance to volunteer with 360 over the last couple of years, but also through um, fellowships that I've myself been a part of um, and help, you know, other graphic designers, creatives, or just writers, continue pursuing probably a path that culturally is not something their parents are like used to. It's not, the doctor path. It's not the engineer path, Um, but it's still a path that can be very fulfilling. And it's a path that is worth having our voices be more prominent in. That's why I feel like it's been more community side on my end.
5: Um, For me, um, one of my favorite camps um, was radio camp. And I think I learned a lot from that, um, especially now that I have my own radio show, as far as just like the whole process, honestly, just finding people to interview and then chopping it down, the questions. Um, It's actually kind of fun to see myself like doing what I was taught and like making my own content and be able to do what I want to do,
4: which is super cool. Yeah. um, So before um, my like the radio project last year, I had like my only formal like training in journalism was 360 like 10 years ago. Um, and so that was obviously really impactful to just be like, here is one instance of me doing reporting that lends some credibility, um, even though I was doing kind of writing and research and other roles, it wasn't anything that directly corresponded. Um, so that was like an entryway into that role, which has since gotten me other um, opportunities to do journalism and writing. So that was kind of a, a direct connection, um, but also just kind of hearing other people's stories, I think... I read a lot about like labor under our current economy, um, just because it's of interest, and also as someone who's always applying for jobs. Um, but to also think about how like the skill set of journalism is something that's very flexible and helps people remain like competitive, and also like um, just like uh, it's just something to have in the toolkit as you move around and are remaining flexible in your different. Um, roles that you choose to pursue, I think is super valuable um, because you all are kind of doing different things, but it all kind of relates to being able to kind of communicate with people and report back, uh, make things simple and understandable. Um, that is, I think, in a world where there is so much information and there is so much change, um, always a really good thing to be able to kind of come back to. Um, and yeah, it seems like a really cool kind of thread to to hear from everyone.
2: It yeah, is- I guess I... I work in a field where like a very small percentage of people understand what's going on. Even I don't sometimes. Um, and so having to explain some of that to people, um, that's, that can be a very tricky thing. Um, you know, there's like a fine balance between like going into all the details on how the, how math works versus like being too high level and trying to thread that needle is important. Um, but also like, um, Interviewing is obviously important to journalism, and um, knowing the right questions to ask is something that I certainly have learned and apply day to day.
0: You're listening to Counter Stories. I'm Lee Lee with a special presentation from 360 Journalism's 20th Anniversary Celebration with our panelists, Evan Oregard, Amalak Singh, Victoria Tercios-Lapara, Favin Guraskahar, and Aaliyah Demri. This show is supported by Ampers and the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. When we're all in high school, we're like, oh, this is my dream job. And once you've gotten that dream job and you're like, this was not that dream job that I thought it was gonna be. Like for those of us who have been in the job market a little longer, like how, how does that speak true to you guys? I mean, I always envisioned what my dream job was gonna be. And when I got that job, I was like, okay, now what? You know, and When when I saw no room for advancement past that, and I didn't even dream that big, first of all, right? And then when I saw no room for advancement, I was like, well, I'm just going to go start my own company and let me do it myself. So that dream job, that something I never thought I would ever do, I did. Something that you guys all might end up doing as well. But when you think of your dream job when you were in high school and what you're doing now, what does that look like?
5: Well, for me, my dream job, I've always wanted to do, um, like you said, I've always, I kind of wanted to always start just my own network or radio show or a television show. Cause I feel like, um, the things that I bring to the table and like the content that I share kind of represents like my culture a lot. And I don't really see too much of that on TV. Um, so me hosting or being like a TV anchor would be pretty cool for
4: me. Um, So I went to school for global studies and economics and thought I was going to, like, do Peace Corps after graduation and then right away work at the UN and I was going to be saving the world. Um, And I didn't get there, but I also was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, And I do feel like a lot of people that I went to college with um, did not want to do what they were doing. And so a lot of journalism students I know did not want to be reporting anymore. Um, So that seemed like a a big thing. But also something that I kind of was like hearing and relating to with um, Emma and Cece was like, um, just that that entryway into positions. Like you can't just like walk in and demand things. And something that I also see when you're applying for jobs is the benefit of knowing very early on what you wanna do. Um, Just because so many entry level things in this kind of more competitive workspace are like internships that you get only in college and they're available to journalism majors. Um, So like if you do know what you want because you maybe had the benefit of doing a high school journalism program um, that already gives you a boost and kind of fast tracks you into something. Um, And if not, um, also having some exposure kind of gives you something to come back to, which is nice if you have someone willing to give you an opportunity. Um, But just kind of the idea of like we do live in a society now where um, you you need to have some experience in something um, and it's harder to get once you're out of school. Um, So that wasn't like quite like, you know, a dream career within journalism and then pivoting as much as like um, once you're outside of a field, how do you transition into another field? And that's pretty hard to do. My dream career has always been to be a creative
3: director at a publication. So still putting that out there into the universe um, as something that I would love to achieve. Um, As of right now, you know, working for corporate, it's it's different. I have freelanced since I was in high school. It um, started with photography, did a lot with the fashion community here, got into styling, fashion shows, styles, fashion, make the light. Like, I feel like my life, my career life, um, is like I'm living multiple different lives all in one, but it's all led to, I feel like it's all leading to that path that I want to continue pursuing. Um, but when I took on freelancing as a graphic designer, it has not been easy. Once you start doing things on your own, and you know this, when you start dealing with clients and, like, speaking to clients and being in charge of things on your own, that's a scary, like, space to be in. When you are just diving to the deep end. Um, So, yeah, that's,
0: I haven't been at that point with my dream career, but I'm hoping to get there at some point, so we'll see how that goes. And Evan, I know that you're going to go off to college soon, so you should be choosing what what it is. I mean, hearing all of us talk about the changes and evolution of our careers, what does that bring for you?
1: That's a hard to answer question. I'd say right now I'm still at that point where I, you know, I have that dream job. I have all these ideas about what a career might look like. And everyone always says that, you know, plans change. And you know, your life is going to take you in such a wildly different direction than you imagine as a high schooler. And that's that's exciting, in my opinion. I think that, that um, it's going to be fun to see, you know, what direction I'm able to go, even if it's wildly off course from what I think right now. Um, that's an exciting adventure. And hearing everybody's stories, um, I don't know, it it really makes it seem like that's worth it.
0: Keep nurturing that mindset. You're listening to Counter Stories. I'm Lee Lee with a special presentation from 360 Journalism's 20th anniversary celebration. With our panelists, Evan Odegaard, Amalak Singh, Victoria Tercios Lapara, Favin Guraskahar, and Aliyah Demri. This show is supported by Ampers and the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Those of us like we're making media, we're having conversations in our communities. Um, the last two and a half years have been a royal mess, a hot mess. How did that in, in, like, influence the way you guys approached media, the way that you guys were making it, uh, or just interacting with it on an everyday basis? I mean, I, I think for me, it really changed a lot of the work that I was doing and a lot of the people that I was meeting. I think, you know, I had um, part of the other media group is really to give these opportunities to BIPOC artists and organizers and storytellers um, to be able to do the work within their communities, so that we don't have, you know, folks not from our communities coming in and trying to tell our stories for us. But also being sure that you're being paid well for those opportunities. And I was seeing a lot more people meeting a lot more new people coming out and being like, no, this is what I want to do now. I want to focus on storytelling. Um, so how has that been for you guys as you've been doing your work? I know Aaliyah, that affected you a lot as well.
5: Yeah, that was that was honestly the kickoff. That was the start. Um, unfortunately the murder, the murder of George Floyd, like um when that first happened, I noticed like a lot on news outlets, a lot of things weren't being like told correctly. Um and me and my dad, we literally just went outside at every single protest, almost every day, like we were getting mace, rubber bullets, just filming, recording, had the camera out, interviewing people, just to get content, honestly. And that was honestly the start for the fly subject for me, Um, just so that I could be the voice for my community. And I felt like I wanted to tell those stories correctly. And then actually, Um, That was my last year with 360. Uh, We did a video just about um, and we used all of the content that I used from each process, which was really cool. Shout out to Simeon. He helped me with that. He did a really nice job. Um, But yeah, it was pretty unfortunate that it had to be in that circumstance. But it was kind of like a blessing in disguise and it kind of helped me like fit my path and what I wanted to do.
4: I think I also am very, like, mindful that my first, like, journalism opportunity was also um, because of the death of George Floyd and that, like, there was such an interest in hearing from, like, youth of color and and just, you know, and hearing from diverse voices and kind of these opportunities. So that's always something to, like, be rooted in is, like, um, the, the opportunity and also um, kind of the the pivot point that is, um, 2020. Um, and so also it is an interesting time then to also be coming into a field that was already in such flux because, um, everything was changing. And that's not only like because of the field, but also like the way any industry was working was in transition. So in terms of like reaching out to contacts, um, to interview them, um, people might've left rules or they're not getting back in a certain time because other things are happening with their lives, Um, and then there's also just like the emotion of like all the civil unrest. And so, um, yeah, that was just like an interesting time to be in, but I think, um, starting out virtual was also helpful because it's like, I have some time to decompress after an interview and, um, just there being a little more time to like take time for myself, go on a walk or something, um, that I don't know would have been possible, like in person with like the rigidness of like a nine to five that might've been an initial uh, job schedule.
5: Yeah.
3: I'm going to take that flux word from your, from your um, comments right now. I, for me on my end, it was really hard. I had just one graduated from college, 2020, the pandemic hit, um, started working at Target in a nine to five in a corporate setting. And I was still doing fashion content on the side, on my personal social media channels. And I realized that once everything, you know happened with George Floyd, I was like, this is not meaningful to me. I'm not posting anything of meaning that's like changing someone's life right now. And not that you have to change someone's life with what you're posting, but I just didn't feel like I was using my voice in something intentional that I really wanted to knowing my experiences, um, and that community that I know needs that voice out there. Um, so for me, it's been, a lot of rest time the last couple of years. I haven't been as active in social media or attending events just because I'm still trying to figure out what that's going to look like for me personally. Um, so I've been really diving deep into my graphic design work in the meantime. And um, as far as like outside of Target goes, trying to focus on if I'm going to take on a freelance project, is it going to help um, a BIPOC community or is it going to go into the nonprofit organization, um, community and yeah, but I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out.
2: Yeah. I guess the pandemic was a unique opportunity because, um, I was part of like the white collar kind of work at home group of people. Um, and so, you know, that opened up a lot of time and, you know, not going out anywhere. Um, especially in those early months. Um, and so, yeah, I thought, you know, uh, there's no point in just like sitting around all day. So like, what can I do that's like useful both for me and for others? Um, and so I started that, that transliteration stuff. It's just for free. Uh, I just do it to help people who maybe don't have the best language skills. And for a long time, I didn't have the best, um, language skills and converting, um, <laughs> uh, the script that, I, that, a lot of Sikh scripture is written in it's you've got 41 letters and converting that to the English script is a little tricky. So, um, but I've had some extra time over the past year or so. So that's kind of what I've been working on. <laughs> and it's just a very kind of like, I never formally learned um a lot of like how to write the script that's common among the Punjabi community. Um And so uh, it was just an opportunity to like formally learn it and like actually implement it, and then um, it turns out that you know there's potential for it to be used by others too. So um, in a way, it was kind of blessing in disguise, where I, I did have the opportunity to kind of like do something more focused for the first time in a while.
1: Uh, last year, during 360's news team, I had the chance to interview two people who had done a lot of work raising money uh, for the community in Minneapolis after the riots in summer 2020. And one of the things that they said that really stuck with me was that whenever people offered them money or offered them support, they needed to make sure that it was a real commitment rather than performative activism. That's something that I really noticed a lot during 2020, you know, people posting black squares on their Instagrams or, uh, you know, reposting stories from activism accounts and not really doing anything to back it up. Um, people starting to raise awareness for a month and then never coming back to it. And that's something that I really value about 360 is that they've been doing this work before 2020. You know, it's a continued commitment that I've really seen stay very steady. Um, So yeah, another thing about the pandemic uh, and doing 360 during the pandemic, doing it virtually, is that we got to learn a lot of new things in terms of technology. Um, digital media arts camp summer 2020 was definitely one of the most unique camps that I've done with 360. It was you know, the first uh, digital summer camp uh, and I got to learn a lot of new video editing techniques, um, you know, put together this video package with the support of a professor. Um, and it was just a completely new experience, something that I was not expecting just a few months before and I've seen that uh, exposure to new technology continue after the pandemic and doing an in-person program with 360 and still using those video editing skills just this past winter. So um, just that continued learning has been something that I've seen and really valued.
0: I'd say with, for me, 360, what I have learned at 360, like legit helped me make it through college. Um, I was one of the 360 or urban journalism workshop recipients of the scholarship, so I was able to attend the University of St. Thomas. Um, and literally, I don't know where Nimmer is, but wherever Nimmer is, like, I would not have survived college without him. I would not have survived my first few years working for a large, you know, organization without the help and guidance from all the folks at 360. And I'm so happy to hear that you guys are all experiencing that and the support that you guys continue to get from 360 as well. Is there anything you guys would like to say before we kind of wrap it up?
2: I guess I'll say that um, it's the people that make the program. And you no, know, I've met some great people, Annie, Teresa, uh, Diman, uh, Linda, Brianna, Uh, Thomas the list goes on and on and you know they all have done something good for me I don't think I've had a single poor experience with any of them so that's just my final thoughts
5: yeah um, I just wanted to share one of my accomplishments that I don't think I've ever would have got if it wasn't for 360 um, best buy they just featured me for women's history month for digital for women that are in digital media so yeah So, I just want to give a big thank you to 360 because they kind of made me pick my lane, my home. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much.
0: This has been Counter Stories, a co production of the Counter Stories crew, the other media group, and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. For a full conversation, please visit counterstories.com.